All right, everybody, welcome back to A&D Podcast. My name's Aaron. And I'm Dave. You will hopefully notice that we have some crisp audio today. We have a little bit of an upgrade in our equipment. Uh, yeah, so hopefully it hears, uh, hears okay. I'm curious how many people hear this updated version and say, oh my God, that's what they sound like. <laughs> Go back to the old way. <laughs> Shittier audio led so much more of the imagination. This is terrible. Boy, I really like it when they do it in person so that I can't hear both of them clearly. It's great. It, that's. <laughs> I could really get a sense of them talking over each other. It was so... <laughs> Now you can now you can really hear us talk over each other. I've always dreamt of this. <laughs> this is what I've I've wanted the podcast to be for so long. It's just I've been waiting for this. <laughs> See now when you do those like real deep ones, we can really hear it. So you have to stop doing that right now. <laughs> I, say, I don't think that's a good thing. <laughs> oh boy. Um we've been for you, bud. I was gonna say I was, I was gonna ask you the same thing. It was it was okay. It was good. We're um we're drawing near, so we're good. Yeah, we are. Um, in on it. Yeah. Uh, Is it getting real yet? We so we met with our officiant today. It hasn't. No, I mean it's it. But I'm also one of those people. Um, and this just goes like in general. Like if I'm excited about something, or if I know something's big coming up, it won't really feel big until it's happening. I was going to say, when you're there, I think. Yeah. Happen, yeah. When, when I'm there, I will be a puddle. And then like, and anything else, like, like when I used to do theater stuff, it was like, you know, tech week was like a really stressful time for everybody. Cause it's, <clears throat> it's tech week. You're finalizing stuff or it was like dress rehearsals were exciting. Cause they, you were like finally able to do stuff. Yeah. But then it was like opening night and you were like, Oh shit. Oh shit. Like it, so everyone's got to play until they get hit in the face. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know. I, I suspect like day of, I will be, I will be a mess for sure. So it'll be exciting though. It'll be, it'll be fun. So anyway, yeah. So we'll jump into it. Um, in an effort to set the scene a little bit, I have a question for you. What do you feel a vice is and not the tool? Oh, I thought we were going to go to the other. Oh, I thought, okay. This is oh, sh- topic. did you want to do, do you want to do the other one? Ah, let's skim on this one. Let's, let's, let's okay. delve into it a wee bit. All right. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good with that. What so do, what do I think a vice is? Or what, how would you define one to somebody? Ooh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, hmm, I haven't thought of that one a whole lot and I clearly didn't have an answer prepared. <laughs> clearly these topics were thought of not necessarily on the spot, but. I basically came up with this, so. Um, that's, that's fine. So I don't know. A vice, I is a cop-out answer, I guess, is a bad habit that's taken over a portion of one's uh, control over their life. Um, we talk about usually alcohol being um, not a problem or not a substance abuse issue until it's impacted your life in some way or mm-hmm. 
um, other things or drugs or whatever it is not being necessarily a substance abuse issue until it's resulted in some kind of chaos or turmoil for one's life. So I think at the, the point at which it takes over a part of your life that you used to have control over, I guess that's how I would define a vice, but it feels like a cop-out answer. I mean, I don't think it's a cop-out answer because it's the answer that's that's what you feel a vice is. So, I mean, there's no like real cop-out answer there. But I think um, the reason it feels like a cop-out answer is because a vice is something so personal. Like, who am I to say that someone has a vice? You know what I mean? Like, gotcha. you can't, yeah. can't throw a stone from a glass house. Like, that's such a slippery slope, especially in a time when everyone's already charged up as it is. The last thing you can True. do is point out someone's flaws and vices to make it seem like you don't have any, which I don't think you can ever explain someone's vices to them and not come off in a, in a crass way. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I think, yes, I, I will agree with that. The reason I ask, so it sounds like you're saying um, a vice is more of a behavior than it is like a character trait. Is that fair to say? I think so, yeah. Okay. Depends on where you're taking this. Let's see. Well, I just I was generally curious because um, when I had thought of this this topic, so if you haven't caught on, we're going to talk a little bit about vices. Um, and really, if we have them or if you feel that you have one or anything like that. And so I kind of researched a little bit like in the last five minutes um, of... Doing homework, doing homework. I did. Yeah. What really a vice is um and it it comes down to it as a a transgression of one's character so i and that sounds like a ten dollar word but it's deep yeah i mean it's a little deeper than i thought it was going to get but i think it's a good thing to say because it sounds like you're saying it's more of a a um a thing that you do versus being a particular way does that make sense i would agree okay so with that how would you define a vice versus a bad habit? I think it's the point of control, right? So a bad okay. habit you have some control over and you're knowingly choosing to do. I think uh, a vice is, I think vice is a bit more insidious as to it mm. kind of creeps in and creeps in. And at some point you look back and it has this stranglehold over you in a way that you, again, have lost control of. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. like people use um, like chewing tobacco or like uh, cigarettes as an example and it's like if you kind of just smoke to alleviate some stress it's a bad habit if you get 20 years in and you're clearing a pack a day and you don't have the ability to stop or space out you know your time in between them and you're just chain smoking well then I think it, at that point it <clears throat> has become a vice for you hmm. so is that a uh, a reflecting a reflection on that person's character, or are you saying that that thing has become a vice? I think more the latter. I don't know if it's a reflection on someone's character because there have been mm-hmm. many a great people that have smoked or that have drank. I mean, look at think about it this way: um, like musicians. Mm-hmm are infamous for living a lot of you know really good ones are infamous for having lived a hard life a horrid life and having turned to maybe drugs or alcohol or other behaviors Mm -hmm. um other actions i should say as ways to cope or handle it 
but it's not to say they didn't achieve great things and they didn't put out great products and they didn't help people in some way, shape, or form. When you say it's a reflection of their character, to me it sounds like like it's a chip in the glass. You know what I mean? Like it takes away all the hard oh, okay. work puts into being that good person and contributing. That's just, I think that vice is something that's there that they may have turned to to cope with something but i don't know that it's a reflection of their character Hmm. you know no yeah i think that's a a really interesting way to think about it as well especially if they're open about it right oh yeah If if they try to hide it then maybe that's a reflection of their character because it's a piece of shame that they have which is why they're hiding it and not to say you should flaunt it proudly but it's something that is tucked away because they know it's not a good thing and they know it may have taken control over them. I think then maybe we'd start tiptoeing into the realm of a reflection of character. Okay. Um, I think it's a, an interesting, I mean, I think it's an interesting topic. I mean, I also picked it, so I have a little bit of a <laughs> I think this topic bias. is shit. I think this is the best topic we've ever talked about. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it's interesting that you have talked about it in terms of like um, when it when you lose control of it, but then also I feel like it, it kind of comes back to that like topic of or for me I think it comes back to that idea of you know it's not illegal until you get caught where. You know, if a tree falls in the wood, does anybody around to hear it? The tree still fell, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. That's not a good example, but. You're going to have to draw this back a little more. You're going to have to yep. paint a better picture for me here. So you, you, the concept of like, it's not illegal till you get caught. Well, it's still illegal. You just didn't get caught. So is it still advice? It's just not in the limelight to be called such thing. So if you are... So how do you market? How do you... What do you consider advice if we start there? I think... I like your definition of anything that you've lost control of. I think that's a really interesting way to put it. Because I think... I mean, in in just thinking of things, like you could call... I want to say anything. But you could call... You you could call... Well, that's what I'm saying. You could call things that you are addicted to vices and they don't necessarily have to be bad in my opinion a lot of the definitions will say (laughs) a lot of the definitions will say you know it's it's based off of the society and what is immoral in that particular society so exactly and so to say that like i mean in our society over fitness isn't necessarily bad but in in regards to a lot of things you can overtrain, no big deal. You know, I mean, I know you probably see this in day in and day out, but like you can overtrain, you can overhydrate, you can do all of these things to excess. And I think that would be considered the virtue. So I think to your point, when it comes out, when it becomes out of control, so when it's in excess, then it is then, then it is thus a vice. Now that's not to say that like, somebody could say well you know i only shoot up heroin two times a year like well hold on here that's that's not the point annually is not okay (laughs) 
What about once no. annually? What if they just have a one age appointment? Uh, did you just call it one age? One age appointment. Is that a, a slang for something? Or are you just saying age yeah, is heroin? It's on the streets now. Are you being serious? No, I made it. Oh, up. okay. <laughs> I thought that was like a new slang that I missed. No, no, I'm not up on the slang. You should know this by now. I'm, I'm, I'm old. I'm just as old as you are. <laughs> yes, but you, I'm surrounded by youth athletes. Day that's what I'm saying. You have, a, so you have a sense of how old I am, and it hurts. But you have a pulse, at least. You can kind of gauge what, what the new the lingo might be. I have zero idea. I'll catch you up off air. No, please. I use tea a lot. It's like gossip, but that's about it. That's the only one I really know. That's still current. Anyway. That's still current. That's, that's, I got one. One of, I've only ever heard the expression spilling the tea. Again, we're getting <laughs> off traffic, but or traffic off topic, but that's fine. Um, I was talking with another coach that I worked with. I was saying something to him, and I've only ever heard the expression spilling the tea. Mm-hmm. I've heard tea just by itself. Like or like well, like in context, I'll, I I got some tea for you, or like let me spill some tea. Heard that, I've heard that, but yeah. I've never heard tea just a sentence in and of itself. So I was telling coach something. And one of the athletes goes, T. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? And he goes, T, coach, T. That's that's the T. And I was like, okay, heard that expression. <laughs> Never heard it by itself. Give me context. Give me same some context page. clues. Same page, same line. Good, good. So anyway. Back to the heroin. Yeah. Back, back to vices. Um, no, I think... I think your point of, of saying when it becomes of excess, that is a, an interesting point. But I guess then my counter point to that would be until it's in excess, is it then still a vice? Is, did I say that right? If it's not in excess, is it still a vice? Yes, that's what I meant to say. So I think... In my mind, no. Interesting. Okay. So you, you're saying you can have that one, that one heroin, right? If yeah. Or just, drugs. just like heavy drug, like non-recreational drug use. Using heroin as just our bad drug of, of reference here. Right. You can pick any drug that is relevant to what you think is, is harsh listeners. But um, like if they did it once or a handful of times and say they're not addicted but they've done it a couple of times i don't know if it, i would call it a vice i would call it definitely a poor decision and a very called a problem the problem sure yeah, yeah but i don't know if i'd call it a vice you know what i mean see like, i think let me ask you this if someone yeah, yeah. like a rave and like they do ecstasy at this rave and they're with friends and the friends take care of them and you know like they're not staying with strangers and they they're very aware of their surroundings and they do that like once a year with what they would consider safe conditions. Is that a vice? Is that a poor choice? Is that like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I would say. Also, do we want to talk about the fact that I don't think heroin has ever been described as a social drug? Like people no. are like, I only smoke when I'm out with people or I only drink when I'm, you know, at happy I only, I only, like, re- I only do heroin when I'm, you know. I only shoot up in front of my friends. I don't know why. I no. Imagine telling a room full of people that and they're like, oh, at least he's with friends, thank God. And someone's like, so, I do it with strangers. And they're like, oh my God. I just asked someone's butthole one time. Um <laughs> sorry. Too far. Read the room. <laughs> you. <laughs> 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 we 
we found the line. That's all it is. We found the line. It's way back there. Um, no. So again, getting off topic. Apparently, like cocaine is kind of like a a a little bit of a party drug. Yeah. I I'm not. I shouldn't say it like that. It's much more common than I thought it was. I believe that. I died. I'm old, but I was like, somebody, somebody, we were at a party a little while ago and I made a comment and they were like, the person I was at the party with was like, oh yeah, they were doing cocaine in the bathroom. And I was like, I'm sorry. What? I'm going to, hmm? To the listeners that can't see, I'm just nodding my head. And I'm with utter non-surprise flabbergasted. I was just very confused. Yep. And it just like, so we grew up together, so I don't feel bad saying this. Back in my day, you, if you were like a, a druggie, it was weed, maybe some pills, something that you found in like your mom's medicine cabinet or something. But like now it's like real drug. It's like real, 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 real. Yeah. And it blows my mind. You mean cocaine? Abs- just in like the amount of like drug use is normalized. It's fascinating. It, it is fascinating. It's fascinating. It, it really is. So anyway, um, I think that the example that you're giving of, you know, is it a vice if it's done once in safe conditions? I don't, I, I would say, yes, it's still a vice because the underlying root is still the same so the underlying root would be um like gluttony or like uh addiction or something something in there and i think that's the vice that you're that we're look that i'm looking at i guess i should say to say like is something is a a a bad habit or is a a poor mistake a vice no but the act and the reason that we got there is it am i off base on that does that make any lick of sense i think so so you're trying to connect what drove a person to using something of consequence as the definition of a vice itself or doing something of consequence like um, you're looking at the origin of what drove them to the act then kind of like Sorry, I'm trying to crack my neck. Hold on. Oh. I don't know if you can hear, but that was a good one. I did hear that. Yes. I, I got a re- real quick. So I'm testing out this new mic to, for all of the uh, the listeners. <laughs> We're trying to find a Very new mic for me. Well, very new setup, rather. And I just got to say, Aaron's giving me a lot of helpful tips and feedback, so I apologize for any audio that may be unsmooth. But Aaron's explaining to me, helping me find my distance with this mic, and I just got to say, Ah, the message you sent is fucking hilarious. Back up. Back up. <laughs> I'll keep saying it too. So, Until we find the right zone, I'm just going to keep saying it. To anyone, now <laughs> now to it's anyone, too low. <laughs> to anyone that's having trouble with uh, the audio for me, I do apologize. Bear with me here. But I just thought that piece of feedback was hilarious. Well, thank you. I'm glad I could. <laughs> Back up. Back up. Hey, back up. See, um, that sounds that sounds pretty good. Where you good. just were. Yeah, um, that was good. 
So you're linking, I guess, the origin and, and what led them to that, whether it's something unhealthy in the substance itself or the action itself, eh? I, yeah, I mean, I guess. Because I, I think, whereas I think your definition of, of when it becomes a, a vice versus a habit is, is in excess is interesting, but I think it's more about like the direction kind of like you said is it is it let from me, an insidious let me ask you then all these like musicians that have drug problems that have put out amazing music would you consider what they had a vice because i don't think it was um that's where i'm looking for i don't think it was necessarily holding them back or crippling them in any way you know what i mean like they were still able to put out beautiful music that touched mm. people's lives, even though they may have dove into drugs, alcohol, unhealthy relationships, whatever it was. Maybe even led to them putting out that good music. Sure. But is... Uh, still advice? I mean, yeah. So I, I guess it kind of falls back into like, even though you did something that's illegal and didn't get caught it's still illegal you just didn't get caught oh boy let's open this can of worms so you're linking ethics and morality to law no 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 no. i'm saying that as my example of you've done or someone has performed a vice vice vicious act I don't know. No, it's vicious. I hate you. <laughs> Back up. Uh, <laughs> Back up. So, I mean, you have somebody who's who has a vice or has done a vice or or I I, I guess I want to come back to your point because I think it's a fair point. But can you perform a vice or do you have a vice or you have a vice? Okay. The actions you perform habitually that take control of your life create the vice itself. Say that one more time. A, a, a vice is the compilation or collection of bad decisions or bad habits or bad actions that you've done that culminate to take control of a piece, a piece of your life. That grouping of bad behaviors would be the vice. You can't perform a vice. A vice is the encompassing body of those bad habits. Then I think we may disagree on that. Oh, okay. Because I, I don't think it's necessarily so much a grouping as like... A reflection of character. Yes. So like it would be, you know... um envy like envy would be a vice or like uh anger gluttony like i feel like those are are the are we basing it on religion now because these sound like seven deadly sins they are and that's what i'm trying to avoid but i guess my point is like i don't think it's like because <laughs> what i what i hear you say is like well, you know, I've done this drug, this drug, and this drug, 
but I've done disc drugs, so it's not a vice. So, like, I know that's not what you're saying, but like, that's what I envision people being like, uh, nope, don't have a vice. So, <laughs> again, I think it's the point of control, which is a hard thing for people to admit. Sure. Yeah. Face themselves with. So, if you do, um, just use a drug as a, uh, a reference. If you use like Molly and you go out and party, gosh, I don't know, quantify that how you will. Let's say once a month, but it's not something that you're like, if you can have a good time without using the drug and you have no problem putting the drug aside and you have no problem leaving it behind, well, hard to call it a vice then if you can consciously and eventually do put it down. But if you realize or recognize that you cannot have as good of a time as you would like without the drug, then it's like, it's taken hold of you. It's got you and you need to face that, you know? Mm. So no, it's not a matter of, I did this one, this one, this one, and not this one. It's not a matter of, well, I didn't do Molly this past month. I can go ahead and do twice next month. No, no, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. It's not a even one for one exchange. It's a point of control to where you can live your life without it there. And at some point choose to do so. But if you recognize that there is not a day where you can't have that in your life, that's a vice. That's a vice. I, again, I, I just think it's interesting that you're like saying it as like a, um, like a, a thing versus like a, a character trait. Cause I feel like a, that what you're describing is addiction. If you, so I guess that's, are you just using that as the vessel to say like, when addiction takes hold then it is a vice because like i'll be i'll be flat out i mean i'll have a cigar every now and again but then when it if it's like a week two weeks i'm like why haven't i had a cigar in a while i don't have a cigar but like do we need to have an intervention that's what i'm saying like i guess my point is like what what you're what you keep describing is addiction versus and that would be a vice, but I think what you're equating it to is control versus. I guess addiction is, I see, I see them being vaguely synonymous. Yeah. I guess that's kind of my point too, is like we're it's, we're but trying... addiction perhaps is a more serious level of it. Like something can be a vice, but not yet an addiction, but on its way to oh, addiction. Interesting. I kind of see them flipped. And almost one in the same of saying like your addiction is your vice mm-hmm. and there's no that there's no level though that like the addiction is what's causing you to do a certain thing i think addiction and vicehood visiveness vice actions we're just all the way making sure it. yeah i think I like it exists it. on a spectrum of completely autonomous the person that is to completely dependent and that switch for people of oh this is a vice or this is an addiction flips at different points for some people that's much Mm -hmm. earlier in the process for people that can't see i'm holding up my hands to make a a spectrum or a range Mm -hmm. and when it's closer to the other end it's uh sometimes it just takes a lot more for people to flip that switch and trip it and say okay yeah i have a problem and some people just don't have that switch at all now, what I think you're talking about there is the character trait. 
which mm -hmm. I don't know that they're necessarily, like I said, necessarily linked, maybe correlated, but I think certain people have more addictive tendencies, which will make them more prone to vices. But I don't think mm. that's a reflection of one's character. People that have addictive personalities can still have immense character and resolve. I don't think that, you know, that's a character flaw. Like if someone's vice, let's say is exercise, um, it might show that they're obsessive about their work. They take what they do seriously. They have a very type A personality and they're uh, organized. They live a high stress life or, or have a high stress environment, whether at home or at work and need to exercise that literally um, out to keep that energy from boiling over. I don't see those as character flaws. It shows that they're very serious about many things in their life. So to call that a character flaw is maybe strong. I mean, you could make the argument that they're obsessive and don't know how to um, ease off the gas pedal. And that could be a character flaw. But mm -hmm. I, I, I think in my mind, you're hard pressed to consider that a flaw. Now it's something that they should get in check, which is what makes it a vice or an addiction. But I don't know that it's a character flaw, keyword being flaw. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's, and I think that's kind of one of those fundamental things that will not so much disagree with, but like differentiate because I would, because it kind of what it sounds like you're saying is that like you can have too much of a good thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. So like you can be, sometimes yeah, you can be overly um, uh, motivated or overly like driven for a particular goal. Yep. But then when it, when it gets to the point of like all consuming, then we need to back off a little bit. I, on the other hand, would say don't – I'm a big proponent of, like, let's not let it get to the point of rock bottom or the point of boiling over. Keep it in check. Yeah, yeah, keep it in check early on. And I think that's just the, the personality of you and I in the just sheer difference in that. Does that make any sense? Am I making a lick of sense? Okay. I would agree. So that's my thing. Uh yeah. So with that, now that we've, you know, not even defined anything at all. <laughs> Just talked in circles. Yeah. Do you have any vices? <laughs> I feel like I'm at a job interview when I say this, but I knew you were going to ask it. So this is, the only, this is the only one that comes to mind. I, I, I care too much. Um, is that really a, a Get out of thing? my head. Get out of my head. Is that what you're going to say? No. Uh oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I think in terms of vices, I have a tendency of working too hard as opposed to necessarily working smart. Um, mm. Ever since being- That's an interesting distinction. Yeah. Ever since being out of college, it's been have at least two jobs, mm -hmm. sometimes three, and then sometimes have two jobs in an internship um, or have two jobs and try to start you know, my own business. And it's like, I've worked, I think like six, hours in a week before six zero and it's like at what point is mm -hmm. enough and what drives you and what's keeping you going why do you feel the need to continue to work so much so that's why i have the pet peeve that i do of people that complain to me about their long days or their long their long shifts like while i'm while i'm at work and people are like oh, it's such a long day and it's like your shift is seven to noon what the fuck do you mean it's a long day i got here at open and i'm not leaving till like 
sometime in the afternoon that I'm hustling over to another job. Like, who the fuck are you? My, my days are 15 hours. Go fuck yourself. What do you mean? You don't work hard. You're just tired. You don't take care of yourself. Don't talk to me about being tired from working too much. You don't know nothing about that life. Hmm. So yeah, it's probably something that I pride myself on too much. Um, but it's just a work ethic that's unyielding. Um, I think that could be also considered almost a, a, a compulsive obsessive trait as well um which i think is a is an interesting kind of way to go about that if that makes any sense um yeah so i i don't know i think i think that's an interesting like a a positive to a negative kind of thing i mean that isn't we talked about vices can be positive yeah just in moderation one's lost control of them yeah a fair point i think but i think it's also about like what what name you put to it as well like you call it working hard or like a drive where i might say that like that's an obsessive trait so it's all really on how you define a particular aspect of things i don't know though when you say obsessive trait in my mind that implies that i'm extremely driven in the work that I do or that I take a lot of pride in what I do, or I have a high care meter for what I do, which is certainly sometimes true, mm-hmm. but other times it's kind of like a just set to automate function, which I know you may feel that that ties in with the obsessive thing. But in my mind, the obsessive part comes from having a high care meter and being well absorbed by what it is that I'm doing, which is not always the case. Well, but, but I think, I guess that kind of, plays into my point a little bit of um like you've said when it it takes over things like when it takes over your life in that particular way you know you've you've said before i mean you you work you've worked 60 hours six zero hours before so arguably that's taken over your life in that way so you know you know what i'm saying i guess that's kind of my point of it all is to say like you know it, it it has it has taken over particular aspects it has done done the things that you maybe not intended for it to but definitely did i guess that's kind of my like yeah that that's i guess that's my point of like when i say it's an obsessive trait that you feel like you have to continually be doing yeah be creating and and doing things like that so what about you i don't have any what are you talking about ah we got an angel over here it's a fucking unicorn everybody you can't see it but i made devil horns um I I don't I I definitely think I have an addictive personality but not to the sense of like I got to have it but I get very fixated on on things and in like situations and um yeah I guess in that regard um <clears throat> I mean I don't know if we've ever talked about it extensively on this show or on yeah on the show but um like i mean i used to smoke for years like five ish years yep so i mean that and it wasn't even like a a, a necessary thing it wasn't like it calmed me down it wasn't that thing it's just it was it was there it was that like something to do with my hands um I don't drink as much as I used to. I wouldn't even, I didn't really drink in excess anyway. 
Guess you're not living with me anymore, good buddy. Well, yes, but also, even when like when we weren't living together, it was just when I was still there. Um, it was like every every weekend, you know. Oh, yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't to the point of excess, but it was still just like that habitual aspect of it. So I guess I mean, arguably, I would have an addictive personality, but not to the sense of like bad things, but just to the sense of like situational things. Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense. It does. So, in true fashion, we'll jump into segue smoothly. Segway smoothly. Well, not in true fashion for us. Um, we'll talk about a heavier topic, which I mean, I mean, vices are pretty heavy. And then we'll kind of do hopefully a fun topic. I hope I hope this doesn't go the way that vices went because I thought that was going to be a little bit interesting more than depressing. A little bit depressing. Anyway. Uh, we both have a ton of vices and we're just bad people. It is. <laughs> Chalk it up to a loss. Next topic. So... Did you have a dream job as a kid? No. I can't say that I had a dream job, anything that really called to me, but I knew it'd be something in fitness because I really liked the idea of like bodybuilders and strongman competitions and like pro wrestling and the builds of those athletes. So I always mm-hmm. liked something to do with strong people, but I didn't know what it would be. What about you? I, so I think I did. I know at one point in time I wanted so to be so long a, ago, isn't it? Yeah, I wanted to be a doctor, and then that fell off pretty quick. Why did it fall off? I don't know. I just was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Because I think I anybody got time for that? Yeah, I think it was one of those things where it was like I realized how long it would take, and I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Somebody, somebody was like, Oh, you got to go to school for like ten years, and I was like, I don't. Even, at eight, I was like, I don't like school. The fuck I do. You're right. Yeah. I could be some backwater doctor. I don't need to go to school for 10 years. Nah. <laughs> Here, bite this, chop. Um I don't need no I don't need none of the medical degrees. I got a, a knife and a lighter. What do you want? Um I think I know for a minute I wanted to do like construction or carpentry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was called construction or carpentry at the time, but I was like no, I like that. And then I did want to do uh, a fi- like a, be a firefighter for a while. Yep. I kind of did that by doing EMT. Oh, I thought you were going to say you did firefighting for a little while. I was going to say, when were you a firefighter? <laughs> and I missed that. Oh, yeah. Like for like two years. I don't know. Uh, so, so we'll you wait said, to 2014. Right. So you said, um, you kind of always wanted to do something in like bodybuilding, lifting stuff. Is that? I just, I guess idolized strong uh, figures. And that was something that I wanted to do or be or emulate or have. Um, and then I liked the idea of, I like the idea of sports. We've talked about this. I did not right. necessarily like sports. Soccer seemed no offense to me as a participant, pointless basketball, more so swimming, more so i mean the idea of training for those things i understood mm-hmm. the idea of performing at a high level i understood but the idea of you know get this puck into a net get this ball into the into the goal what why why mm-hmm. what what motivates me to do that um so the idea of just uh like 
like I said, the idea of being strong was an end to itself in my, in my mind. Like that's a good goal to have. Just get strong, get big. I get it. Just get big. Oh, done. Poof. And then you're like ripped snaps. I'm there. Hey, like, it sounds great in theory. Like that's, I don't know. The only thing that made sense to me, you know? Hmm. So what about you? You saying like why I wanted to do those things? Well, you had a lot of very general, I guess, interests. Mm. You were pulled in a lot of directions. What called you to each of those or what about each of those is what pulled you to that? So the construction, the carpentry ones, um, I like the idea of building things and being able to have like a finished product mm-hmm. and be like, I did that. I built that. Um, which, and like moving more in my like adult life and i think we've talked about this too it's like doing something with your bare hands and being able to like you i built this to create something yeah yeah what well, and and it has that pride of saying like that was me i did it fuck all y'all um that's, that's kinda, all me. it was me uh so i guess that's kind of what what that was for the firefighter um I don't know. I just thought it was cool. That was badass about like being the first on the scene, like running in, saving people, being the hero. But then I think a lot of those action jobs tend to call yeah, young people, right? For sure. A For doctor sure. or a lawyer is like high, a high status job. So it's like, well, yeah, I would love to do that. And you ask kid, well, why do you want to do that? Well, they get paid a lot. And it's like, or, or not even that. It's just people. like, it's like, it's that's the like happening or not the happening thing but that's like the it's a like you said it's a high status it's like well yeah. if, if i'm that then i'm a, a high status individual then i've but made in, it right but in the reality you could be uh like hundred thousand more in debt that even yeah or like a real estate law lawyer and you never see the inside of a courtroom yeah or if you think like, about these jobs like firefighter police officer race car driver it's like action 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 go 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 mm-hmm. or professional athlete how many young people want to be professional athletes it's go 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 well and isn't that isn't that indicative of like where in terms of like developmental like you look at all like the four-year-olds that are like oh i want to be a race car driver and they're like bouncing off the walls and like pinging and just running all over the place like that has to be indicative of where they are at emotionally I guess would be the best way to put that where it's like, yeah, that makes sense that you would want a job. That's like, that's what's captured their interest. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Because it's in, like, if, if, if I met a kid that was like, I don't know, I would love to someday I meet be an accountant. Like, like that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. I want to be a tax accountant. A I want to be an a. accountant. And you're like, Oh, okay. All Who right. Fuck. No one would doubt that kid. You know how many people tell young kids, you're never going to do that. Give up on it now. You got no shot at being a professional athlete. How many people are lining up to say, you'll never be an accountant, kid. You won't cut it. You won't cut it. Like that kid, you know that kid's going to do that. Right. (laughs) He's doing your taxes next year. (laughs) Uh, Or like all the, like, that's nice, dear. You know, like Mm -hmm. all those like professions that everybody's like, okay. Or like they went to, I don't know, SeaWorld for the first time or like. 
I want to be a marine biologist. Yeah. It's like, okay. You just saw a whale do something cool. Yeah, that's that's, that's not how that is. We sound like we're going to be awful parents to some kids someday. No, I mean, I don't think I'll be that bad. I just think. Your like, kids are going to say they want to be an astronaut. And you're going to be like, well, tie some balloons to you like that guy from up and see how that goes for you. No, I'll be like, all right, cool. Here's everything that has to go into it. And they'll be like, mm. I'll be like, all right. You know, I'd be like, cool. Let's, let's start you now. Let's start you here. I picture myself printing out like all the stat, like the standard statistics that they have to hit. Yes. Like you have to be a certain height, weight and like body comp and this and that mm-hmm. to like actually like exist in a space station. I'll be like, look here to me. It's time we sit down. He's like five and have a real serious discussion on some of your goals and ambitions. It doesn't seem like based on what I'm seeing here from you today, that this is going to line up with where you really want to be. And he's going to sit across from you like, with his finger up his nose, like, okay. Like. Just knuckle deep in his brain. <laughs> just tickling his frontal lobe. Okay. Two knuckle, two knuckler, just like. It's a two knuckler or a three knuckler. <laughs> <laughs> What's that letter, Kenny, where it's like. Yeah, yeah. There is indeed actually a third knuckle. This is your first knuckle. This is your third knuckle. This is your second knuckle. And this is your third knuckle. Preposterous. <laughs> Uh, so your career goals as a child lined up pretty okay with what you do now in yep. strength and conditioning. Yep. Yeah. Is there a question in there or are we just stating? No, I was just <laughs> wanting you to kind of go off on that a little bit, but you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think something interesting happens. I listen to a lot of motivational videos as you I'm sure have heard play mm-hmm. many a times. And one of them is several of them actually are Jim Carrey talking about how, if you want something and you're willing to work for it and you speak it into existence, if you believe in it enough, the universe will uh, set it up for you. It doesn't come at no cost, of course, but the universe has an odd way of giving you what you believe you're meant to do. And not just Mm -hmm. what you want to do, not just, I want a lot of money. So I'm going to get a job that's going to pay me a lot of money. No, no, no. Line yourself up with why you think you're here on this planet and put yourself pour yourself into that work wholeheartedly and and don't take an easy way out of doing something you know you won't love do what you're meant to do and the universe has a weird way of delivering that again Mm -hmm. not without the sacrifice and hard work so i think the fact that i knew i want to do something with fitness and athletes and strong people led to me having a career around strong people Hmm. no i think that's a really cool and really interesting way to think about it as well is that I think, and I, or correct me if I'm wrong, early on you had kind of figured out that that was, you wanted to be that connector piece that uh, a person to give that another person the ability to do that. And I think that's really interesting. Because was there a minute also that you wanted to do criminology? Is that still a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I took a, a criminology class. And I, again, I think that's a weird way of the universe subtly pushing me in the direction of something that I wanted to do because as you know at France Fitness our goal is to help uh, first responders and tactical athletes so my time in criminology I now look back and realize it wasn't in order to be an officer but it was perhaps maybe to better understand the demands that officers have both in preparation and in training and in process uh, to end up better serving that community so again it's not with waste um, it was a learning experience and 
it seems murky while you're in it. You don't get why you're called to it, but looking back, right. I think it was kind of to bring it full circle to better do what I do and, and help serve who it is that I'm hoping to, to work more with. Well, and I think arguably it probably helped you figure out what you didn't want to do, which is just as important as figuring out what you do want to do. No, I'd if, still do it. I'd still do it. I, would, I wouldn't mind being an officer. I no, no, no. But, but my point is like at that point in time, I think you were, you would realize that that wasn't your particular calling at that point in time. Right. So you wanted to shift focus. Yeah. And I think that class really allowed you to do that. I guess that's my point of like, doing things that maybe interest you in figuring out like a, a trajectory, a career path or something, figuring out what interests you is step one and then doing that step two. But along that way, you have to figure out what doesn't fuel you as much, which necessarily isn't wrong. It's just finding that like second base, I guess would be my point. Not to get off on a tangent, I shared with uh, with Jenny the other day um, a dream that I had a long time ago. I don't know if I ever told you this story. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Brace yourself. So um, a large part of when I first got into training for most people is just, well, I want to just personally train. I just want to work with clients and get them fit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's fine and good and well. But if you want to go far in this field, you need to know who it is that you're you're going to help and how you're going to help them. Like you're putting in systems and processes to help people at scale. If you want to be successful, if you just want to do personal training and just work with Gen Pop, nothing against that. People have made great money and found a lot of purpose and a lot of happiness. Not bashing that. Sure. But a lot of people help anybody and everybody, especially when they're first starting out. So while I was in college and undergrad, I had a dream one night. I was sitting in an office like as a professor. And I was just surrounded by like books and papers and just what you typically find in a professor's office. And I heard this knock on the door. And I was like, you know, nose deep in a book, like a textbook. And I turned around. I was like, yes, how can I help you? And there was this lady standing there. Um, it was this older woman. And she goes, I'm looking for uh, David Franz. And I was like, that'd be me. But what can I help you with? What can I do for you? And she sat down and she started um, thanking me profusely. And I was like, I don't, I don't know what, what help me understand what, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. She goes, you helped me to, um, get in shape, get more fit. You lowered my blood pressure. You lowered my, my, um, the severity of like my heart disease and you helped, um, keep me around so that I could be uh, alive longer to play with my grandbabies. There was a time when I never thought I would get a chance to play with my grandchildren or even see them. And now I have this great life to where I can run around and play with them and move and keep up with them. And I'm just so happy and so fortunate and so thankful that you gave me the ability to have this quality of life. And she was just crying, just crying, just so mm. happy and just grateful. And I was sitting in the chair, just like, I, I did that. I did all that for you. Mm-hmm. Like I thought, you know, Oh, Oh my goodness. And so uh, I remember as she was just telling me how appreciative she was, I woke up and I was just like, oh, wow, wow. And I had this feeling come over me of just like, I know I'm on the right track. Mm-hmm. I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. I got, I got no worries, no cares, no problems because for people in fitness, it's like, well, how are we going to make ends meet? How are we going to make it work? Cause you spend long hours in the gym to get paid. Not necessarily that great unless you have a really good business mind, which isn't taught mm-hmm. in general fitness classes. It's anatomy, physiology, exercise science. 
And I woke up not caring about money or how I'd make it work or what path it was going to look like, but just, I knew I needed to keep on studying what I was, keep on doing what I'm doing and learning and becoming great at my craft to serve people like that, that want to work hard and get after it. And for that have a, a genuine purpose behind what they do. It's not just, I, I want big biceps coach. No, no, no. You need more than that. You know? Um, and I just woke up with the greatest sense of calmness that I've, I'd, felt in, I think ever potentially that's really beautiful yeah fuck you too <laughs> well never mind that's <laughs> no, the I ugliest thing it. I've ever heard <laughs> no I appreciate it. it's not a story I've shared a lot but it's something that shaped largely mm -hmm. what I do and I think contributed to the longevity of my career is that in my yeah. back pocket anytime I need it you know yeah absolutely I think I mean I think it's really cool that I mean Arguably, you have like an epiphanic moment into why you are doing what you're doing, which I think is really cool. I think, I mean, you should definitely feel privileged in the sense that not a lot of people get to have those moments to say, yeah. oh, this is why I do this. You know, I mean, like, I think oh, yeah. when you're finally in it, you have those moments of like, oh, yeah, this is like you're reminded of why you're there. Yeah. You have those positive experiences. You say like, you know, this is, this is what makes me come back every day, but like not a lot of people have that to find it. Is that, I don't know if that makes as much sense as I hope it does. Yeah. Those moments don't come to everybody. I'm right. I am thankful. I'm appreciative, but it's, yeah, that's a, it was just a moving moment. It was weird. I, I can imagine. Was that, um, were you in the dorms for that? Or was that like no, I was home on a break for holiday, and uh, I think it was either sophomore or junior year, so I was right in the thick of it. Yeah. So I didn't know a lot, but I knew enough about the field as to, I guess, whether it was something I wanted to do or not. Mm -hmm. And I, as you tend to do with school, you just kind of get set to automate until it's senior year, and either you have an assurance and you know you're doing the right thing, or you panic and you're like, "This isn't what I want to do." Oh shit! Mm -hmm. But it was right, right in the thick of of classes, and I was I woke up at home and i was just like whoa mm. all right that's also like doubly interesting that it was at that like turning point too because sophomore junior year you're like you either buckle Starting in question yep well yeah 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 that too you either buckle in or you turn a corner and like you know change direction a little bit so i think it's if anything more beneficial for you that it happened but when I think, it did I think, again, that's the universe speaking to you, you know, if you oh, yeah. know what you want and what you're here to do, the universe has a weird way of not just delivering it, but speaking to you and potentially through you, you know, to help mm -hmm. you realize that purpose. So it was a weird way that something other than me was saying, keep on, just mm. keep on. I was like, okay, got it. Yep. Yeah. We'll do. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. No, that's really cool. I never knew that. Well, now everyone does that listen. Yeah, that's right. All ten of you. <laughs> Isn't it twelve? I don't know. It's probably like shortchange those two. Don't you shortchange those two? They're faithful listeners, and they're they're gone now. That's what it is. No, if anything, we got thirteen now. That probably gained us one somewhere. Yeah, I can imagine. That's a a moving story. That now you're you're more so in the in the minority about or what is it? Now you're more privileged for having a. <laughs> <sighs> Try to be vulnerable, and this is what it gets me. What does it get you? More privilege? I, I guess I saw it as more shit for being more privileged. Oh, no, no, no. I was just, I was just making jokes. Oh, okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, no. That's good. That's a good story. 
What about you? Do you feel like you're at your dream job or moving towards your dream job? I think, I think definitely moving towards a dream job. Um, I think, so I did not have the dream epiphany that you had, but I've definitely had epiphanic moments where like, so I know I've talked a little bit about doing EMT. I thought that was going to lead me in the path of doing firefighting. Um, I I also thought maybe that would lead me in the path of doing more uh, like hospital medicine. So like potentially nursing, which I thought it would do more. I'm not currently practicing as an EMT, but it also gave me a lot of understanding about why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that would be because I want to have a direct meaningful impact on somebody's life. Right. And what other way to do that than, if you're in the worst possible time in your life, if you're calling an EMT, I mean, yeah. you're going to have an impact on somebody. Hopefully it's positive. So I think with all of that, uh, I realized pretty quickly that it wasn't so much the setting as it was that I wanted to have that impact or help somebody have that impact of a, a direct positive impact. So um, currently Again, I'm not working as EMT, but I am working uh, in like a customer service role where focusing on individuals essentially getting to where they want to be in their their careers. So I'm hoping to take that a step further and potentially doing like counseling because that's the part of it. These conversations of what uh, of what I like to have of, of talking through and saying, you know, where can we get you or how can we get you to be better than what you think you can be those like progressive conversations and and really giving really giving people the tools to do it so you can say we can have these conversations all day long but until i say okay now let's try doing this and i can give you that fart noise was me giving you the tools and the information to do it so and until then i'm just kind of a guy spouting off random words hopefully they put together and make a sentence so i think that's and that's kind of the the brunt of it all and i think it kind of culminates with all of the my like kitty dream jobs were to say everything helps somebody right oh yeah like a a construction i mean you could lose a construction worker it does you know somebody a dream home exactly or or, you're helping Tons of people that are going to worship at that church. You're helping somebody. Or yeah, or even like fixing a road. Like, yep. yeah, you're you're putting forth your time and your effort to make th- something better than than what than what it was before. So I think that's. I will say some. I will say one thing that clogs my cogs or grinds my gears. Sure. Is when people just when I ask them why do you do X or mm-hmm. Y and they say well I really just want to help people, I'm like fuck you. That's not a reason. It's not a fucking reason. Say it one more time. When people say, when I ask why they're doing a job and they say, I just want to help people. Like, fuck you. It's not a reason. It's not a reason. Give me more. Like, I know you just gave that reason, (laughs) but you elaborated on more to what that reason means. You're giving them tools and resources to further their career and their goals and their livelihood. Sure. That's helping them in a very specific way. But if I ask people, why are you a nurse? I really just want to help people. I'm like, an accountant helps people. What are you saying? What does that fucking mean? Like, 
help and, people how. Like when you can define how yeah. you want to help people, I think you have a lot more clarity on what it is that you want to do and where you want to be. So to help people is not enough. In my, mm. in my mind, I think you got to bake that a little more through. Not you, but no, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I think, and I think that's a totally fair point too, <clears throat> to say like it's a very cop out answer. But if you can back it up with say like I want to help x population or i want to be the vessel of change or i want to be you know whatever it is i think that's different in saying i want to help people you know is it i want to help people become something or i want to help people uh live better lives or i want to be whatever like you're missing the whole back half of a sentence when you say that like i want to end world hunger golf clap who the fuck doesn't and and it's like, I want to help end world hunger by collecting food for this food pantry that's going to help X amount of people. Aha, now right. we have our answer that I can get behind, that I support, or I want to help wildlife. Fucking volunteer at a zoo. Fuck you. What do you mean? I want to help wildlife by doing X project that saves. Now we're getting somewhere. Right. Now we're getting somewhere. So I just think these cop-out general answers are either because people haven't thought that shit through or maybe that they're to admit what really calls them you know or or even to that point it's is this not something that calls you and that's my just, point they're, they're scared right. of what is calling them which is not what they're putting their efforts toward. gotcha sure 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 that's i like to help people so i'm yeah. interesting well what would you really like to do it's like i would love to sing and bring joy to people's life well what the fuck are you doing in nursing you're not helping people with joy and happy i mean you are but like you're not doing what you care about and what you're supposed to be doing like or or even worse, and this is like probably one of my biggest fears, is that you can't do the thing that you actually want to do. So like your example of like, well, I would want to like sing or play music to bring people joy, but you're tone deaf. Like, oh, can you, oh, I just, that's like my biggest fear is that you find like your one true calling. And then it's just like, <laughs> I want to run across the world and you're like a double amputee and you're like, well, okay, I don't know about that. But you can like, still find, I mean, you're right. There are certain <laughs> circumstances that make it harder for others, but right. you can still find ways to do that. Like if you can't sing, but your goal is to, again, maybe you want to be a singer, but it's because you want to bring joy to people's lives. Well, maybe you take up a job on the production side of it. Maybe it's not right. that you have to sing, but you were meant to do something else in that industry. You know, it, it just takes... I think more thought than people are willing to give it or more critical thinking and honesty than what people are willing to give it, which is a shame. No, and I, I completely understand. And I think to kind of surmise and wrap up this, I think it, it comes down to a couple things of we're never taught to do that of thinking critically about what the next step is. And that's never something that what is your next step is never something that people are encouraged to think about. So the advice I give anybody and everybody, what's your next step and why is it that? That's how often the why the, is going to be the hardest part. The why it, is going to be the hardest part. I got one thing I want to throw into that. Yeah. Though. I watched a uh, motivational video, shocker, I know. Um, I think it was Denzel Washington giving a speech, but I could have the speaker mixed up. If I do, I apologize. But they were giving a, a motivational speech. It might have been a commencement speech. I'm not sure. Um, but it was a call to action, and it was hmm. – uh, to the avail of imagine 
you know, you're laying on your deathbed and standing next to you are all of the hopes and dreams that you had that you never realized. And they're standing there and they're staring at you. And they said, we trusted you. We trusted you to make us a reality. And you let us down. You could have offered great things to the world through us as, as uh, using us as channels. We wanted to be realized and you never, ever let that become a reality. And that's a Oh, some people can't take that look. They can't, mm-hmm. they can't think on that and say, maybe I want to be a singer. Maybe I want to do this project, that project, whatever. And imagine yourself in your final stages of life, looking around that bed and seeing everything that you wanted to accomplish saying, where were you? Why didn't you step up? Right. That's so hard for people to do. And if you can, mm-hmm. if you can imagine that scenario and there's nothing around your deathbed saying, you know, why didn't you try, but you just have complete peace. Oh, you'll sleep so good. You'll sleep so good. No ragrats. No regrets. No regurgitations. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything else? Uh, no. I'll, do you want to do the outro? No, I don't. Mm-mm. You want me to do the outro? Yeah. Now that we have the silky smooth mic in action, let's see how now this that, goes. So I don't have to flub it up <laughs> any more than I usually do. Now nah, you do great, man. You do great. I try. Um, yeah, coming from us at the A&D Podcast, we uh, are thankful and appreciative for those that take an hour, or in this case, I think more out of their day to tune in and, and hear us talk about all things in life and all of its great mysteries. We appreciate you taking that time, and we don't take it for granted ever. Um, thank you, and we hope you have a wonderful week, and we hope to um, sit down with you next time we have our episode out. Yeah, thank you. Love you, buddy. Love you too, man. See you. Bye.